This app is brought to you ad-free thanks to all of our wonderful patrons. You can help us keep the show going by going to patreon.com slash flop And welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. Next week, we'll be covering Kako and the False Detective. If you'd like to read along with us, be sure to join the discussion in our Discord and submit your six-word summary. Find a link to the Discord in our episode description and on our site, shonenflop.com. But this week, we're talking about Nico Wappa. Nico Wappa. We are joined by our meowful guest, Ina. Ina, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. That's the first cat pun. I'm sure someone will send us a list of every one we make. Probably Dude Rocks, because I think he's the person who counts every time we make Chainsaw references. <laughs> That's the first time I've been called Meowful. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. I don't either. It kind of felt like a dub pun where it's like they didn't know how to translate it. And this is like their best attempt. Like in One Piece, they just kind of like, dog, we got nothing. Oh, God, the One Piece dub. I don't think I told you my favorite instance of four kids dubbing ever, which takes place in the uh, Shaman King dub. Oh, does this have to do with Ina introducing herself? Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Hello, Ina. <laughs> so, so, Ina, why don't you introduce yourself and Jordan, you can tell us the story. Yeah. Hi, I'm Ina, or you, my YouTube channel is called Ina Q, and I make anime content from giving recommendations to analyzing characters and everything in between on that. Do you have a personal favorite video you've made recently? Uh, recently? Probably my most recent video. Ooh, that's good branding. I worked really hard on it. It was my deep dive on the women of Chainsaw Man. Oh, speaking of Chainsaw Man. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. And how uh, Fujimoto like kind of tackles writing female characters and stuff. He is himself a 12-year-old girl, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> For listeners who don't know the writer Chainsaw Man, his Twitter bio says he's a 12-year-old girl. Because of that, he had, like, a bunch of trouble getting himself verified on Twitter, and he had to, like, show a bunch of, like, production art that he made to prove that he was actually Fujimoto. <laughs> God, when you shit post so hard, it affects your actual uh, business. <laughs> He was like, I may have fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Jordan was really excited to tell us an unrelated story about the Shaman King 4 tip stuff. So, Jordan, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to tell us what this is. In Shaman King, there's a character named Haro Haro who is like a snowboarder. But, of course, four kids, what they did, they had one instance where he's like, hey, yo, my name is Haro Haro. But everybody calls me Trey Border. And then everybody called him Trey Border from that point on in the show. That was just his name. But you were going to talk about the scene where they're all drinking and then one character just says, oh, obviously this is non-alcoholic. And I thought that was really cute. But actually, that scene is in the manga <laughs> where there's just a speech bubble saying this is non-alcoholic, but we're all drinking. Yeah, honestly, the thing is, though, I expect that shit from four kids. The The whole thing where they were like Trey Border, but also Horo Horo is still canonically his name was just such a like galaxy brain move from them. To this day, I still can't believe they did that. And I still can't believe who made this manga. So why do we get into the manga details? More like Inyanku. Oh, boy. <laughs> we're going to be having a lot of fun this episode because of the time zone change, I can tell. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The title means cat child. The author is Matsumoto Naoya. They were the assistants to Toshiaki Iwashiro from Siren, Ryuhei Tamura on Beelzebub, and also created two manga we've covered on the show. That's right. Hard-boiled cop and dolphin and uh, Hungry Marie. Yeah. Chapter 70 of Beelzebub has a cameo of one of these cats, apparently. <laughs> Shoei Ishioka on uh, Belmonde de Visiteur, which is apparently flop eligible. Yeah, Maxi B is very excited about the idea of us covering that at some point. 
Oh my god, the next one. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. Teruaki Mitsuno on Metallica Metaluka. Jesus Christ. So, you know, for the record, that is like probably the most blatant Hunter Hunter ripoff you will ever read in your entire life. Amazing. <laughs> One of the worst series we've done on the show. So we have this thing where we make guesses about what's going to happen. And I just summarized the plot of Hunter or Hunter as my guess. And it was 100% right. Where literally it is a guy trying to get a special exam so he can find his dad. So Hunter Hunter. Literally. <laughs> but much worse in every possible way. Yeah, it's 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 trash Hunter Hunter. And then uh, the last one is he was the assistant for Yoshi Sawai for Shinsetsu and oh Bo 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 Hell yeah <laughs> Bo 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 <laughs> Bars right there. <laughs> God, I love it. Bar 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 Baran. I think you mean meow 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 meow. Is this Neon Cat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this might be Neon Cat. God, this is going to be a three-hour recording because of all the cat bullshit. Yes. <laughs> so, Jordan, what else have they done? Well, this is their debut work. They also did Pochikuro from 2014 to 2015. It got four volumes, 43 chapters, and Jump Plus. Actually, a launch title for Shueisha's digital platform, Jonah Jump Plus. And, oh, I forgot about this. He does fucking Kaiju number eight. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Starting in 2020. Notable again for having just this ancient protagonist, like a really old protagonist. He's like... Ina, are you familiar with Kaiju number eight? I have seen so much about it, but I have not read it or like actually really know what it is. But I've seen so many people talk about it. The series at the start makes a big deal about how the protagonist is aged out of becoming a shonen protagonist because he is 31 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine being 31, David? What a hag. They're like, your body can't handle fighting <laughs> monsters at 31. I know that I definitely can't being someone who was born in 1991. There's even a, like a seven page spread of him having to take Tums because he's got heartburn after eating too much spaghetti the night before. Jeez. Relatable. How old is this author? <laughs> <laughs> That's my question. He's actually 18. But it's, my question, though, is how old is this manga? So, Jordan, how long did it run for? Off. It ran from November 9th, uh, 2009 to February 15, 2010. Replaced Kagijin by Yasuki Tanaka. Uh, sure. Summertime rendering. And it's apparently about keys. And Maxi B says this is also flop eligible. So Maxi B put the words flop eligible in giant text for every manga in this section that they want us to cover. Yeah. And the series that replaced this was Lock On with an exclamation point by Kenta Tsuchida. And it's apparently about photography and, of course, flop eligible. I'm sorry, flop eligible, as uh, Maxi B says. So at the same time that this series started, we also had Shinseki Idol, Densetsu Kanata, Seven Change. That's one title. Holy shit. <laughs> it's like you've never read a light novel before. <laughs> I was about to say, have you seen an isekai title? Oh, we have. <laughs> I do my best to avoid isekai titles. Actually, Trick's Dedicated Witch is probably the shortest isekai title ever made. Yes. <laughs> That's why it was the best isekai. Yeah. By Shuichi Aso of the disastrous life of Saiki K fame, which is, of course, famous. And yeah, it's about idols. Yeah. Okay. Nekawapa ran for 13 chapters over two volumes. Hey, that was a good job, Jordan. Thank you. And then, so now that we've really heard about the background of the manga, why don't we dive into your awesome plot summary? I think we should fucking do that. 
Tama Nikamori is a little girl in the first grade who was raised by cat gods, including her mom, dad, and grandpa. And I I realized last night, damn cat god, kind of like alone in the world with little cat god. She has recently been tasked with going to the human world to learn how to be human because she only really knows how to be a cat. Immediately, she runs into a rich kid named Oyaben and his underling Torosuke. Oyaben tries to impress Tama with his speed and strength, but Tama is like way fucking stronger than him because she's got like divine kitty powers. Her ultimate goal is to become a god herself and to that end, she has to grant wishes. She gets the chance to do this when Oyaben is kidnapped and Torosuke begs her to help. Tama quickly catches up to the kidnappers and beats them up with giant kitty paws. She then brings the two boys to her home where they meet the cat family and Tama realizes, oh man, she should totally go to school. After charging into the building and accidentally but fortunately stomping on the head of a pedophile teacher, seriously, Tama meets Rika, the school idol, who wishes to confess her feelings to the guy she has a crush on. Unfortunately, that guy is her adult teacher and it thankfully doesn't work out how she wants, but her and Tama become friends and Rika might even have a crush on her, it's kind of implied. Popcorn David. Suddenly, the cat temple is confronted by Kipimaru Kitsuneme, which is the much larger fox temple. She's pissed because Riku has prayed to the fox temple, but Tama swooped in and answered the wish first. That kill-stealing motherfucker. Prey-stealing. <laughs> Tama doesn't care, though, and immediately tries to find a dog named Poochie, where everyone asks when Poochie's not there, where's Poochie? By the way, David, it's Pochi, which made me realize that actually Pochita is like a pun because it's, I guess Pochi is like a common dog name in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> tries to find a dog named Pochi that an old man wished to find. Kibamaro tries to find him first, but Tama succeeds. Kibamaro then starts going to the school to defeat Tama, but immediately falls in love with Rika just in time for her to wish that someone save her from her stalker. This part isn't super important, except that Kibamaro reveals her ultimate familiar, Chiarom, a muscular, mostly naked fox guy who has a that's how it was spelled. A deadly butt act, just like David, because that's right, I am dummy thick like that fox. Dummy thick. He also had a really big bulge in his pants, which made me uncomfortable that people hid in it. Yes. Next, the cat temple is charged with helping Himiko Meida, a beautiful girl who's a powerful spirit medium. She's possessed by powerful demonic hands given to her by the goddess Eme no Uzume, who's a very important deity in Japanese culture that I know from Persona 5. <laughs> she demands that the cat temple protect Himiko so that they employ her as a priestess to do chores like give the dad, <laughs> the, the cat dad some back rubs. He deserves it. Popcorn Ina. The temple is attacked by Mangetsu Tanukiwa from the Tanuki Temple and her army of the... Bleh. Why can't I say things? It's okay. Don't worry. Neither can David. And her army of militarized raccoons with their dicks out. It's actually not that weird. It's just how Tanuki are represented in Japanese culture, I guess. She uses giant mechanized cat toys to distract the cat gods, but Tama takes care of them easily. Mangetsu has a grudge against Tama because her crush, Karasuma of the Raven Temple, has a crush on Tama. Unfortunately, the manga isn't doing well, so Ame no Uzume shows up and tells the cats that it's time for the exam art. Tama, Mangetsu, Kibimaro, and the snake guy from the snake temple named Ikaku Hebinuma, as well as Akira, but we don't follow him, are all competing to be gods. The test is very confusing and there's a point system that makes no sense, but everybody tries really hard. Ikaku tried to take Tama out with poison sandals, but her cat familiars save her when he gets disqualified. Everyone passes except him, and there's a montage where everyone's parents react to 
to it. Ikaku gets chewed out by his dad, and but fuck that guy. Yeah. And Tama is now officially a god. And that's kind of how it ends. Yeah. <laughs> There's kind of a few type of manga, you know, you have the manga where you're reading it and like, this is trash, this is fucking garbage. But then you have the manga where you're like, oh, that was kind of fun. And then I sit down to write the plot summary and I'm like, oh, ooh, this was kind of a mess. Oh, we're, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. But first, let's talk about those characters in that plot summary. So, you know, would you like to tell us about the main character, Tama? Our main lead is a little girl. She's a child who was raised by gods, kind of like Hercules in a way in that story. Yeah. yeah, which reminded me of it. She eats like their food and somehow gets a bunch of super strength and superpowers and is super obnoxious and then eventually comes to the human world and wants to learn to be human and chaos ensues around Tama. I love Tama. She's adorable. She's just a good girl. I mean, she's literally Kid Goku. <laughs> <laughs> literally. And a rally. Hey, she is a combination of two Akira Toriyama characters. That's true, yes. But no, I love she. her attacks involve just, uh, she summons giant kitty paws out and she like uses them to swat people. No, she's cat girl, like fully, like they use that. And that outfit she's wearing, it's the cat's pajamas. Nice. <laughs> Got it. She's got super, super strength, which even by like a god standard apparently is insane. Yeah, she's really strong and fast. She does like so many things like lifting up cars without reason. She punts like people across like things and she's a Saiyan. Yeah, literally. She's just a obnoxious, overpowered little baby girl. She has Kid Goku slash a rally, like, super strength and speed. It's 100%. She's a little goblin child, you know? <laughs> just like my dog. Just like, just like Ravioli. So I think she's fun. There's just not a lot there to really discuss in terms of characters because the series was so short. So, Jordan, would you like to tell us about Oda? Oda is a famous manga writer <laughs> who has written one. Like <laughs> <laughs> now, Oda Nobutaro, a.k.a. Oyabin. He's a Nepo baby. Yep. He is like the heir to like a massive company that's probably really evil. He's richy rich. He's got like a ton of self-confidence that may or may not be earned. And he wants to be everybody's boss. And But he seems like he's good to his underling. Yeah, who David misspelled in the notes. Oh, sorry. It might have been the <laughs> translation I was reading. Yeah. I think they changed his spelling in one of the translation I was reading. There was a couple, like I saw one where Jerome was Jerome. I also saw that. I had the four kids version where he's just called Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Torosuke is the version we'll go with for his last name. But yeah, he really cares about the the uh, his boss. They have like a very wholesome relationship as friends. Yeah. And he dreams of being a manga artist. I was kind of wondering if the series going to do the whole and then the events of this manga are like what inspire his like first big series. They did. Did they say that? And I missed that shit. Yes, he literally said, oh, man, I'm talking to Tama. She's going to be the main character of the manga I'm writing. It's going to be called Nikawapa. Literally. Fuck. Literally. <laughs> Fuck. I don't know how I missed that. I also feel like I missed that. I know. I kind of remember him being like, oh, Tama's going to be the main character. But I didn't realize that he blatantly says of Nikawapa. <laughs> he did. I swear to God. I'll go back after this. And if I'm lying, I'll tell Dylan to take it out. But I'm pretty fucking sure that's what happened. No, if you're lying, you leave that in. <laughs> yeah, if I'm lying, I'm dying. This is the last episode. You know why? Well, it's a good thing you're a cat with nine lies, baby. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I pretty vividly remember that because I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. So then the next characters I thought would be worth talking about is, Ina, can you tell us about the cat parents? 
Um, so the cat parents are basically the definition of doing their best yep. and supporting their little girl. Like I love them. They don't know what they're doing. There's a whole segment of just when they first meet Tama and wanting to take care of her of just like, why is she crying? I think she needs a pacifier or like apparently babies like pacifiers and then it's them like sucking on the pacifier instead of giving it to her or like wanting to like check in on her at school. Mm -hmm. Just they're her cheerleaders, which is really, really cute. Cute. They're so supportive. I love their designs so much. Me too. The dad cat is like this big kitty. Like he's a he's a big old chonker. Mm -hmm. And the mom cat is like significantly smaller. She got she's got like fluffier hair. And then they there's also a grandpa cat yep. who I also like. Just kind of he's old and wrinkly. He has like that stereotypical like elderly beard like yeah. of a bunch of things. Just I don't know. Just like the designs are really really well done. Yeah, and then David has another section on here for Himiko Maeda, but she really doesn't do anything. Yeah, that's, I just kept deleting characters, and she's just the shiny. <laughs> like, she's only notable that she is like the sexualized character in this manga because they talk about like how large her breasts are a lot. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. She wasn't there enough for me to be like, you're the sexualized character, I guess. I agree. And also, she's only like really sexualized when she's being possessed by Ame no Uzume. That's fair. But like when Ame no Uzume is possessing her, you get a pretty decent shot of cleavage every time. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> also, the go to sexualized character is Jerome. <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> high key. That's fair. <laughs> Jerome should be the character, should be a character that we talk about. Here. All right. What do you want to say about him? <laughs> oh, man. He's a beefcake, big fucking fox dude with a giant bulge. He's got a dumpy on the front and the back. For real. He's just like huge butt. That cannot lie. Big bulge, big muscles. You other brothers can't deny. He's just a Chad. He is. He's a total fucking Chad. And he wears like um, a loincloth, basically. And attacks with his butt, if you can't yeah. tell. Yeah, just like Jordan's favorite sports manga. Yes. Keijo? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Keijo. <laughs> oh, God. But <laughs> I think it's time to move into why it failed speaking of that manga. No, I'm just kidding. Jordan loves it. So, Ina, would you mind kicking things off, telling us kind of what were some things you didn't like about the series? I think I mentioned it briefly a bit before uh, we actually started recording was that a lot of the time reading it, a lot of things just didn't stick with me. Yeah. Like I was reading and things were moving, but nothing, nothing really stuck. And I think part of me is like, it's because this is very much like a children's manga, but that doesn't mean children's manga can be like, I don't know, there are good children's manga out there. Yeah, like Yotsuba. <laughs> My favorite children's manga, Madoka Magica. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I also got the sense of the original Dragon Ball when reading this. And I don't know. I believe that like there's just a lot of potential in a way that never really builds. It just moves on to the next thing. Like even setting up the two boys that Tama meets, they kind of get kind of shoved in a way later on as she more pursues the God stuff. And I thought they were really building more. They disappear for like half the manga. Yeah, literally, and I thought there'd be more. There's no one that really sticks around. There's barely any manga. This is 13 chapters, and you could take two or three of these chapters out and have no change to the plot. And half of it's a fucking exam. 
Yeah, that's kind of my big issue. The plot here is a mess. I actually will talk about it more and what it did well. I, I, I enjoyed like a lot of the moment to moment reading, but it is like this really just did not really have a through line. You could tell the author was really just scrambling to figure out what to do next. Which is weird because he has a really good structure for making like a manga that could go forever. He does. You know, it is kind of weird that it wasn't like a wish a week thing. I think he tried to do that, but each one kind of turned out weird. Like the one that I didn't even bother mentioning where that I barely mentioned where um, she is trying to help Rika with her stalker. And that plot was like dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I think that's why he realized he needed to start introducing the other uh, the other little girl characters and stuff who were also little kid gods. I can definitely see that. And then I just think like the art kind of gets sloppy. Like looking at Kaiju 8, this guy can really draw, but clearly he's not built for weekly. Like Kaiju number eight is every other week. And just some of this art just falls apart. It gets off model. There's not a lot of backgrounds, not a lot of gray tone. And, you know, he just really didn't have it in him to be writing a series like this every week or drawing a series like this every week. The art is inconsistent because sometimes it's very good. Yeah. Sometimes the art is fantastic. That splash page with all the cats in like the third chapter was amazing. Yes, I was about to mention that one. This guy is very good at adorable designs, but there are absolutely moments where it kind of falls apart. Yeah. And I think to like on that note, I think you can see why I would have thought this was a creator of Spy Family if you told me that this he this offer later went to create like a very successful series. Yeah. Also, the tournament arc was a complete fucking mess. That killed the series. I didn't understand like who was winning. I was so confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that point system didn't make any sense. The point system made no sense. Like, uh, I'll give you an example. Tama, like, won a race in order to, like, start it. And it was like, oh, wow, you're in first place. And then, like, all of a sudden, which with, like, basically no explanation, she was in, like, 23rd place. And I had no idea why. Oh, uh, yeah, I still don't understand that part. Also, this manga tried to have some kind of weird currency system. Mm hmm. Based on wishes where, like, when you answer a wish, you get basically money called, like, ERAs or something, and you could use it to buy tools, and there were, like, some jokes about that, but it was very confusing. And There's, like, a magazine to, like, yeah. buy things, like, kind of like in an airplane where you buy, like, where you look at, like, a catalog of things you can buy with all your wishes that you grant. Catalog? Oh! Ha! Ha, 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 ha. I really just think that added a lot of completely necessary complication to the series and then he drops it yeah yeah that's the thing this guy picks up things and then drops it drops them like quite a few times in the series yeah there's just nothing that that is kept like even the main characters he introduced like and also he introduces so many characters one after another like in 13 chapters he introduces like 13 characters and i was like i just gave up i was like i don't fucking think this character's ever going to matter i'm not going to pay attention to him after like the raven guy and like the tanuki girl i was like i don't actually think i need to care about who these people are you have 13 chapters. Yeah. I mean, granted, he didn't know that when he was writing it, but like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah. You would expect that, like, I don't know. This is his first manga? Yes. Okay. So I guess you can, like, give it that, being like, oh, this is a first run, good try. But, like, I don't know. I feel like people, like, you should definitely, like, go into it with wanting to build something instead of it being so scattered, right? And, like, even as we were saying, is that, like, characters were introduced, but, like, you can see how 
quickly in the early chapters that they just kind of disappear. So yeah, I kind of checked out as well with like other people getting introduced and then it already got to the point of the tournament arc and they were there were so many others that were going to be there and they were trying to make sense of like some sort of stakes with who's in the lead and why we should care about that. But I don't know. <laughs> You could tell he wasn't even taking the tournament arc seriously. I wonder if it was an editor was like, this isn't working, you need to do a tournament. That's what seems to happen. That's kind of how it felt. Like, uh, literally in the manga, like, um, Amina Uzume shows up. She's like, yo, what, are you, what the fuck are you guys doing? They're about to have the test. The god, you know, the god test. And, like, everybody's like, what? Huh? Shit, we were supposed to sign up for that? What the fuck? So, like, <laughs> even the characters didn't know what was happening until it was happening. <laughs> All right. Maybe I'm crazy, but I actually did kind of like this series. So shall we dive into what it did well? Absolutely. Definitely. So Jordan, though, what would you say is like, what was the first thing that stood out to you as a positive about the series? The art is, is at various points very good. I also find this series very charming in a lot of places. I really like a lot of the characters. I think that they all have very pretty well-defined personalities. Like, I really liked how, for instance, like the Tanuki girl, like whenever she laughs, she does like the thing with like her hand like if you've played a fighting game with a character like that you know what i'm talking about where she puts like her hand by her by her mouth when she does that like the back of her hand oh it, there's actually a name for that yeah there's probably a name but i don't know it but like if you saw it you know what i'm talking about anyway i thought that i thought there were a lot of really clever jokes with like the cats and stuff like again when um the tanuki girl attacks she uses like militarized cat toys like a giant feather attached to a tank that just like waves around and like the cat dad is literally unable to stop himself from chasing it he's like oh no we've fallen for it that was such a good segment where I really was like, okay, this manga actually has like really good moments, I feel like, and also uses like the cat stuff to like, I don't know, it uses cat things creatively. Like again, this series actually had a good foundation. The offer didn't use it, which is rare to see when usually an offer just doesn't create a good setup for a series. I mean, you could tell that he was inexperienced here, but like, I think the foundation is here. For a first attempt, this was a very good first manga, I have to be honest. Absolutely. Like, you could tell, man, you didn't handle the plot well, but everything else is here. Like, the characters are a lot of fun. The uh, art is sometimes great. It's funny. Yeah, this is really similar to Dr. Slump and Dragon Ball, but there's not a lot of manga where it's like, wow, you can see this is Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Z in its DNA. And it was actually kind of refreshing to read something inspired by early Toriyama. No, that's the thing. Like, they're like the reason why you immediately go to a character like a rally is because there aren't that many other characters like that. Yeah. And then, you know, is there anything else that you would say was a positive that stood out to you? Um, I think the relationships, I'd say, in a way, the ones that were kind of built like, yeah, basically Tama and like you love Tama, like you root for Tama so quickly, so easily, which is what made like the moments that kind of dragged or like kind of like seemed forgetful, like still be worth reading in a way because you just really like Tama and for who she is. And yeah, she wants to be a god and you're like, how are we going to get there? And it's just sad that like it kind of gets messy with it. But no matter what. But I feel like Tama was a great MC to follow. 
Oh, I completely agree. I loved Tama. Also, we mentioned the jokes. One of my favorite jokes is actually during the exam arc where um, with like the commentators, one of them is like an anthropomorphic microphone mm-hmm. and he's talking into a microphone and he's joined with uh, like a hamster god <laughs> and he's just like, what do you have to say, hamster? Hamster god? And then the hamster just says nothing and he's like, okay. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the hamster god just starts doing like, put, like tenting his hands like Gendo Akari and starts like <laughs> so good. He's he t- understands like the 400 IQ scoring system perfectly. Yeah, it's really good. Just like suddenly lights a yeah, cigarette he's, while he's explaining it. <laughs> he's explaining everything. Oh, it was so good. The series was fun, man. It was fun, but there definitely was some room for improvement. So why don't we dive into that? Mm-hmm. So Ina, though, what would you say was like? What would you change about the series to have made it more successful? I feel like this would just be calling back to a lot of like our conversations that we've had already, but basically the author didn't need to move so quickly on things. I feel like there were moments of, yeah, trying to do like wishes of the week, monster of the week, like arcs, but also like even building like the side characters, little boss boy, um, what was his name? Oyabin. Because like you could tell that he was a likable character, especially when you see that with how much he cares for his little underling. Yeah. Yeah. And his dynamic with Tama like that could definitely have built like such a cute and really nice trio but then we kind of leave that behind in Tama trying to become a god and yeah I feel like as we said such a really good foundation but if everything just feels like distractions in a way from it and I don't know I feel like yeah <laughs> I see what you mean. I think that um that this series had a solid idea for an A plot, yeah. but it needed a more consistent B plot. I think that's a great way of putting it. Mm-hmm. What I kind of would have done is because the most interesting aspect of this story um seemed to be the power struggle between the different shrines. I mean, like, or that was like kind of the most interesting story besides Tama's quest, which Tama is the best part of this series. But I think what I would have done here is I would have had Tama's parents focus more on that power struggle and see if what antics they got up to to try and like undermine like the Tanuki thing. Like I would have loved to see the Tanuki dad and like the other characters who we meet very briefly. I would have liked to see them have more of a presence. Definitely. I mean, all of the other gods needed a bigger presence in this. Yeah. When they showed up, they were great, but they like barely showed up. Yeah. And there were too many at once to really like focus on, I feel like. Yeah. It just you needed to space it out. This, this is the amount of characters you introduced in like 40 chapters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I really liked uh, the brief moments that they showed the parents kind of reacting to how they acted at the end. You could tell that they each had their own personality. This guy is really good at imbuing characters with easily understandable, diverse personalities, like from the second that you see them. Yeah. Definitely. I honestly just think this series really should have leaned into Monster of the Week. There are a lot of really great, funny manga that do that, like Witch Watch. Yeah. You know, are you familiar with Witch Watch at all? I am not. So that's a, one of my favorite manga that's running at Shonen Jump. It's about witches going on like hijinks and it's just like a comedy series and that's it it's just every week they have a gang of supernatural friends and they just do random shit with their powers and it's fun and sometimes there's overarching plots that last maybe like five or six chapters but then it goes back to just being silly yeah (laughs) (laughs) there's multiple chapters dedicated to proper gene etiquette because one of the characters is super into wearing jeans and our character gets a pair of jeans and he just literally the entire chapter is explaining how you properly take care of your jeans (laughs) (laughs) did you learn anything from it I did. I learned quite a lot. There's multiple. So that's the thing about Witch Watch is someone says, oh, like the gene chapter was crazy. And then you have to go, which gene chapter? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i remember though like the discord someone said that and i was like you know most people think the sixth gene chapter is the best but i personally really like the eighth and like <laughs> everyone was like yeah yeah it's just how witch watch <laughs> that's our mission is to make everyone read witch watch i'm intrigued now I'm like, what is a gene chapter? <laughs> it's literally this dude spends 20 chapters saying, how do you properly wash and prep your genes to take care of them? And like the different like vocabulary of genes, the different etiquettes about like gene culture is apparently really big. And it's very complicated how to properly take care of your genes if you are trying to make them as pristine as possible. Yeah. Interesting. Now I feel like a pleb with my genes, but you know. Like it was a very educational. Though. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But I feel like that's definitely a sign we're getting into miscellaneous thoughts. So why don't we formally migrate into that? So the first thing I want to say is, by the way, the term we were thinking of with the laugh is called a noble woman's laugh. That laugh where you have like your hand and you go, oh, ha, 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 ha. that's what it's called. That makes sense. It's fun to do. <laughs> <laughs> laugh with me. Uh, Hideo Kojima production. And then I actually didn't have many miscellaneous thoughts I mean, because the series was so short. I don't know why the series made me think of Airbud. There's no rule that says the human can't be a cat god. Yeah, well, it's like where she's running and he's like, you can't run on the floor. And then she starts running at the ceiling. He's like, there's no rule saying you can't run on the ceiling. I guess that was the air, but there's no rule that you can't run on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but yeah, did anyone else have any uh, miscellaneous thoughts? Like the manga never sexualizes the younger characters. Yeah, it's, it's great. Except for that one perverted teacher, but that's like one panel. Wait, but he wasn't perverted, right? Or wait, are you thinking about the teacher? No, he was. He was like measuring the little, the skirt, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about how they found like a porn magazine in his like personal collection. I was like, he's looking at like just like a Playboy. Like that doesn't make you like a weird pervert to have a Playboy. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it's like for a child, I guess. <laughs> that's, I want to make sure that's not what character you're thinking of. No, there was one character for like one panel where he was like measuring like a first grader's skirt and he was like blushing. It was very blatant that he was a pervert. Oh, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. And then Thomas steps on his head like he's supposed to be a creep. Like, that's not my point here. My point is that like it is kind of weird. Like there are like sexual references around the kids that made me like a little uncomfortable. But I mean, like it wasn't that bad. It was just kind of an aspect of the series. Definitely. Like, it was just like, okay, comedy, moving on. <laughs> like, and I did. The kids find a porn magazine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, it's a fashion for any 12-year-old or so. Yeah. But it wasn't in the woods, so it doesn't count. I think they were like six or seven. Fuck, what? I thought she was like 10 years old. But that is a thing. I was very confused. They acted like 10-year-olds. They did. I would not have pegged these kids as six, but it just said she was in sixth grade. The only instance of school they referenced before that was kindergarten. Oh, that is weird. That's a little too young. It is. I, I mean, it's funny. This this guy made protagonists that were too young, so he, he was like, ah, fuck it. I'll make a protagonist that's too old. Yeah, grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're going to find out Grandpa Cat's 31, which actually yeah. would be really old in cat years. That would be. Although he did mention he had over 300 years of saved up points. Yeah. And then he had just to buy a fake sword that broke. That was a great joke, actually. That was good. That was good. There were good jokes in this series. Yeah, good jokes. And then though Maxi V, our wonderful manga historian, has a few little thoughts. There's a lot of stuff about Tama, the way she runs, her unstoppable strength that evolves from the characters from Dr. Slump. Not a ripoff, but close enough that you can see the direct inspiration. So likewise, I think anyone reading this series say this is Dr. Slump. Yeah. And then chapters two to four were actually translated by a friend of theirs back in 2009. Whoa. Which, as you notice, Skinnelator actually, I was reading and said, oh, thank you, whoever translated two through four for me already. It's not really manga trivia, but it was fun seeing their name in the credits. In the years, they've become an excellent translator 
translator and the more internet's foremost expert on weekly shonen sunday so that's maxi p's parallel as they are the <laughs> shonen jump master Oh, man. One other thing is like this was um, so since this manga was made for Japanese people, they kind of just they have references to uh, Japanese religions and then they don't really explain it too much because it's not expecting an American audience to read it. So like it said it has Ame no Uzume and it doesn't super go into it because if you were Japanese, you would just know who Ame no Uzume is. Yeah. And then that's always kind of interesting to see. So I had to Google that and I was like, oh, yeah, Persona 5. Cool. Yeah, yeah I remember her. Yeah. And then shall we go into final verdict? Starting things off with the six word summary. Let's take it to the community from Tucker Kitty Letter Tear Dr. Slump Ripoff from Maxi B. We have Dr. Slump at home. So I guess <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how many times Dr. Slump is mentioned in these. Portal Man being a god is too perfect. Whoa. Real. This manga was an utter catastrophe or Dr. Slump, but bad with cats. And then they because that was the original. And then they changed it when they saw how many people made Dr. Slump references. Mm hmm. Or actually, I think it's because they saw our people say catastrophe. So it's hard. It's just hard to make a good six word summary because of the series. There are a lot of obvious puns with the series and a lot of obvious jokes. And it's kind of it's kind of tough to ignore. Yeah. From Mero. So there you go. Orange said Neku Goku is best Goku. Yeah. Dude rocks. The school needs a better HR. Kurumahu said this catalog consists of catastrophic stories. Emerald Mudkip. Jerome's Fundoshi cab service is here. Yeti. Full hearty feline females fulfills fantastical fantasies. There we go. Spooky Skelly. I've gone catonic while reading this. In their alternative cats possessing humans. Feline fine time. From 0907. Neku Whopper would have been more entertaining. <laughs> Cram. It's Goku. Eh, Tama from Kitty Ball. Diego MT says. Catgirl Goku's catastrophic shenanigans and sure. And from Resident Warhammer Nerd, Catgirl Kitter Walls. Cat, she's cat. Me, you, want me, you want me to try and do this, dude? What the fuck are these words? Yeah, <laughs> Jordan, you say this one. Catgirl Catter Walls catechizes, catnaps, catches catnappers. Say that 10 times fast. <laughs> it's weird. I'm actually good at tongue twisters, but I just can't say words because I'm a piece of shit. They were using some uh, big words here. Some big old words. Some big boy words. <laughs> All right, Jordan, what was your six word summary? Ah, cute kitty with litter box plot. I like it. I hit a few, so you'll tell me which ones of these are good. Sometimes you just need a moderate chuckle. I was thinking about like that Danger 5 where the guy has like the moderate chuckle magazine. And he's just kind of yeah. like laughing a little bit. That's kind of like the tier of comedy in this, right? Yeah, I think that was, like sensible chuckle. He's like, <laughs> and then the other one I had, as we talked about in the show, meow, that's what I call manga. That's pretty good. I like that. You know, how about you? All I got was cat girl do what cat girl want. That's <laughs> but great. <I> that, yeah. <laughs> no, that's a good one. That's a good one. God, you were sharking us when you weren't sure how to write it. Fucking coming out swinging. All right. And then now it's up for flop or not. Uh, Jordan, what do you think? It's a flop. It's up there. It's almost not one. But I think the plot is such a mess. That's true. The pieces are there. It's just not put together well. It's sad. I enjoyed reading it for the most part, but it really just I don't see this manga like continuing very long. How about you, Ina? Do you agree? I agree that it is a flop on the cusp of yeah. not. It has the pieces, but I feel like if it only did take its time and just like really just focused on its characters, like rather than like the moving and big gripping like action scenes, I think I feel like there would be a lot more there, but there isn't. So, yeah, I feel like there was a mess going into it. So I feel like there would be a mess just if it were to even continue. Yeah. 
So it's been a while, Jordan, but I disagree. I think this is just barely not a flop. I think this was fun. I enjoyed it. It's also only 13 chapters. So it's, you can't really penalize it for the issues it had. I felt like overall, I enjoyed it more than I didn't when I came to reading this series. Like even now we're talking about some of the funny jokes. Yeah. And yeah, there are bad parts, but it's just so short. You can't really be that mad at the series. But David, it wasn't supposed to be short. I mean, the idea is it's like if it wasn't a flop, it would keep going. Yeah, that's how I looked at it as well. It's not like if this was a mini series, that would be one thing, but it wasn't. Think about how we evaluated Time Paris Ghost Rider, where we always felt yeah. it was really strong because the entire thing you read it. But obviously that series was not meant to be that short either. That's fair. And you know that series would have fallen apart if it was three times as long. What we got was just so high quality with that. But like the plot is just such a mess. Like it is a mess. I just think like it's also we've read so many bad things. I think our bar of quality is so like I think we need to lower our standards, to be honest, after the, what we've run into, where I honestly like the fact that you enjoyed the series more than you didn't, I feel makes it feel like not a flop. I think this is one of the best flops that we've read, but I really think it's a flop. All right. Well, I mean, we're welcome to disagree. It also doesn't matter because we already know what yeah. the best thing we read this year was Tricks Dedicated Witches, so we don't have to fight about if this was the best thing we read. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think with what you were saying, if it were its own self-contained thing, I did enjoy a lot of the moments. So I'm like, is it a flop? I think it's a flop. Time Paradox Ghost Rider, I think, was a special case. If these 13 chapters blew my mind, I would say it's not a flop, but it didn't do that. All right. Understandable. Have a nice day. Thank you. <laughs> so, Jordan, since you thought this was a failure, what would you say someone should check out instead? So, interesting thing. While I was reading it, they had a, uh, there was a little, like, advertisement looking for further translators for a certain series. And one of them was Cyber 6. Now, I love Cyber 6, specifically the cartoon. And yes, I know that it sounds like Cyber Sex, but there was a Canadian-produced cartoon. It is about a cyborg vampire by night um, named Cyber Cyber 6, uh, living in Argentina, and during the day she is a male teacher. There's a lot of like subtle references to like the Holocaust. It's kind of like got a lot of metaphorical references. It's actually very good. Uh, the animation is sometimes very good. That is cool. It did not run very long. And then Ina, so ultimately, do you think this was a failure or not? I asked because you need to give us a recommendation if you did. That's a big decision. It's a big decision. Dylan, please put oh, the uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire music running in the background. Oh, gosh. Um, um. <laughs> <laughs> I think overall, I think I'm going to stick to it being a flop. Damn. Even though I did enjoy a lot of moments overall, but... Yeah, as I said, there's yeah. just something about it where it was just almost there. All right. That's a big almost, I feel so like. So what is something that is there that you would recommend someone check out instead of reading this? One thing that definitely came to my mind while reading this with just a god trying to do its best was very much like something like Noragami or Kamisama Kiss, which is also about a girl, a young girl trying to make her mark as a god. And yeah, very much so. It, it's not really like the kid aspects, but if you want like that type of storyline of rooting for a character that's likable with a bunch of other side people and other deities, I feel like those like that's very much up its alley if that makes sense yeah that makes sense also you kind of mentioned it earlier but maybe even the disney hercules oh yeah <laughs> i guess that's kind of a stretch but yeah oh. or hades <laughs> for hades oh that's a great game just play hades the, regardless you should play hades isn't the second one coming out yeah it is uh, ah yeah hades too it's about time yes. <laughs> uh, i get it 
is this the best worst thing? No, I don't think so, Jordan. It's really pure 50th percentile. It's really nothing it needs to fight against in your direction, right? As I said, I think it's like one of the best flops that we've ever read. It's the best failure Jordan's ever read. Yes, I mean, it's up there. We will be doing our total ranking in like a two months or so, so definitely we'll see where that places. Yeah. We're almost done. Let's get into shout outs. Ina, as we are wrapping things up, thank you so much for joining us. Do you mind telling all of our wonderful listeners everything you are doing? First of all, also, thank you for having me. This was really, really fun. Aww. Aww, of course. I was actually really like, I don't know. I'm like, I feel like I will have, I, I would be just be really awkward and blank. But like, you guys made it actually really, really like welcoming. And I felt so chill. So good. Oh, well, that's really nice of you to say. I appreciate it. You were a pleasure. <laughs> but you can find me on YouTube under EnaQ on basically every other social platform as EnaQ as well. I don't really have much going on to blog other than just what's already out there. But yeah, if you really like me and what you've heard, go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Listener, you better like her. <laughs> She's great. Thank you so much. And Jordan, you're also great. Thank you, David. You are also great as well. So thank you for making the opening ending theme, being a great co-host and helping with editing. David, thank you for being great. <laughs> and being a friend. Thank you for, and for, and for putting the podcast together and doing like all the editing stuff you do. And props to Lyle for the awesome cover art. Find her online at Lyle Murr and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thank you, Dylan, for assistance with editing. Find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at AnimeOutOfContext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. Find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, ShonenFlop.com. Also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Subscribe to us on YouTube. We're almost at 1,000. That'd be just sick to see. Jesus. Right? And come join the Shonen Flop Discord. Open to everyone, patron or not. Come hang out with us and talk about anime, games, or whatever else is on your mind. Also, have a monthly movie night. Find a link to it in the show notes or on our site. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our patron. Wouldn't be able to keep the show running without their support. Get a lot of awesome perks like exclusive content. Which, Jordan, this month, what are we dropping? Well, David, this month we're dropping volume two of Maguchan, God of Destruction, featuring the lovely Trey Watson. Yeah, actually, shit, that's a really good recommendation to read out of this series, Jordan. Yeah, actually, Magu-chan is, is definitely a really good recommendation if you like this kind of thing. Ina, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that series. I am not. Jordan, would you mind giving uh, Ina in the audience a kind of quick summary of what that series is about? Imagine, like, Cthulhu got sealed away and then when, for, like, thousands of years, and then when it woke up, it was just, like, a little, little tiny octopus guy. And acts like a little cat. <laughs> little kitty. <laughs> It's really adorable. It's really cute. If I had said the series of flop, definitely Magachan, I think would have been a good recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. And then you could even be listening it as we record the show right now, hearing the warm up audio. And on that note, being giving a shout out on the show. And you can find that at patreon.com slash shonen flop. And so let's read off our wonderful patrons. Starting with our Chainsaw Man patron, we have Daddy Milk does a Mills Body Good and T Root. Moving on down to the Dolphin Dad, we have Dude Man Bro Guy and Tracking Roving Animals for All Loving Girls and Raccoons Wolfwood. Moving on down to, yes, the Ravioli <laughs> tier, where you get exclusive photos of my dog every week. We have Chris, Istrafont, Rachel, yes, my fiance pays for photos of her own dog, Scarl Mirmanin, Trevor Schechner. Moving on down to the King of the Forest, we have 090Z, Albie, Cram, Shala Florine, Gabe Lando, Jacob Andrew Galloway, Josh Robinson, Kevin Briggs, Manji Knights, Marty, Max Baker, T, The Real Jory, WB King, BB The, Tommy Boy, or I think our latest patron. Thank you so much for joining. And that is everyone. Hey, oh, Tommy Boy. I don't know that song at all. I'm not even going to Pipes and Pipes or something. I don't know. That's Danny Boy. Jordan, is there anything you want to add? Uh, Get Jordan a job. Hire him. He's really great. 
Hire me, uh, I'm a web developer. I work with React. GitHub is github.com slash Jordan Forbes. Check out my art, Instagram. It's on Instagram, Jordan Forbes Art. Check out my website, jordanforbes.art. You don't necessarily have to hire me. You could just give me like, I don't know, $10,000 a month if you like. That'd be, I'd take that too. Only if they want, you know, no pressure. Easy stuff. Look, I'm not, I'm not forcing you guys or anything. It'd just be nice. And that's separate yeah. from the Patreon. I mean, you could also give our Patreon $10,000. Uh, we would also <laughs> love that. I don't know how to add to that, so let's get in the sign-off. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we give our first thoughts on Kaku and the False Detective. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Ina. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Keep on flopping, flopper. Ew. <laughs> Bye.